Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. We are snowbound with Megan Herod in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Snowbound doesn't really seem fitting, Megan. There's no snow in Europe. Yeah, it's it's been actually pretty jarring to see aesthetically everywhere we've gone. It's been pretty green. And I mean, like vibrantly green. So I'm in Grion, Switzerland right now, which is on the French side near Lausanne. And it's, yeah, there's snow on the mountaintops, but nowhere else. So I hope that changes soon. That is incredible. Now, Megan is the Alpine press officer for the U.S. ski team. Megan, your travel schedule just seems insane to me. How do you yeah. manage it? <laughs> it is it is insane. I I was thinking about the last 3 weeks since I've been, I mean really 3 and a half weeks since I've been in Europe and I set a schedule. Um, I spend time with the men and the women's alpine teams. So whereas a lot of other um, nations that have athletes that are consistently podiuming each weekend, they have two press officers. We only have one. So I kind of have to try to be in two places at once. And that's still something I haven't mastered yet. But in the last three and a half weeks, I've been in Val d'Isere, France, um, to Val Gardena, Italy. And then I had a few days off and I went to, um, well, then I was in Alta Badia. And then I had a few days off and went to Prague with my family who came over to spend the holidays with us. My brother lives in Prague. And then I went down to Dorfkastein, Austria to, to spend um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with the men's speed team at one of our headquarters there. And then from there, I went to Lienz where the women were competing. And I was with Lindsay for the GS. Um, obviously she didn't make second run. So I was, I jet after that first run and went, um, back to Santa Catarina, back to Italy, to Santa Catarina to be with the men's downhill team. And then I went to patch Austria and now I'm in Grion, Switzerland. And that's been my last three and a half weeks. So it's been pretty busy. How do you manage it? Driving, flying, mixture of the two? Just driving. I, we have a fleet of Audis that we get because they're a sponsor for the team. So um, I'm set up because I'm the only one that's on my, my schedule. So, you, you know, after a weekend with the men's speed team, they all head off onto their next, um, on their next, uh, stop. And I head over to hang out with the women's tech team, for instance. So I'm set up with an Audi Q5 and its name, it, they, they get names last year. It had an, it had a name, the Audi A6 did. And this year, the Q5 is named um, Trixie. Trixie is is her name. So she's very motherly and she gets me from point A to point B safely. So Megan, how do you set up your schedule? I mean, you've got to be so precise on your timing. 
Yeah, it's re- there's really no science to it. It's just going with the flow. It's funny because when I started last year, I the first piece and the best piece of advice I received was from Kate Averin, who's our men's um, team manager. And she said to me, honey, you just got to go with the flow. And it's so true because we are literally chasing snow. And it's a sad and but harsh reality over here. So, you know, it, we we can set up a schedule, but it always depends on where there's snow. And sorry, I just was getting another call. Can you no still problem. hear me? Uh, yes, I can. It all depends on where's where there's snow and and also it it's dependent upon what athletes are healthy and which athletes are injured. And because Michaela Schifrin is unfortunately injured right now, um, it, it changed my schedule. Um, so rather than being with the ladies, I went over to hang out with the men's team. So it's been, it's been busy. It sounds like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, how did you get into this job? It seems like almost a dream job. But at the same time, you're working so hard. What's it like? Yeah, it is a dream job, um, George. I like I tell people all the time. I think that uh, I feel like I've always said this. Every experience um, leads itself to the next one, and you never know um, what life is going to deal you. And I've had kind of a crazy last couple of years, but really, I mean, my life has always been <laughs> lived like this. It's just, just always I'm seeking new experiences and, and new challenges. And, and I had a pretty um, drastic life change a year and a half ago. And um, I moved from Minneapolis down to Dallas, Texas. And I only spent, I only, I had, a, I had an address down there. It was for a, a previous relationship I was in and I only ended up spending a week there and I went to Europe and, and had a kind of a soul searching, um, extravaganza and came back and moved my whole life into a 10 foot moving truck and, and drove up to Salt Lake because I loved Salt Lake. At that point I, um, was working full time for a company that I co-owned called Ethnotech, which what we sourced textiles from villages around the world, all direct trade and, and incorporated them into bags. Well, the funny thing is, is that that the reason that I had been going and to Utah so much and fell in love with Utah was because of Ethnotech, because of Outdoor Retailer. So also, it, it, while I worked for them, we had gotten Stephen Nyman and Travis Ganong involved, who both loved the product and became uh, essentially ambassadors for our brand. So while I was in Europe um, two summers ago, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I was actually, uh, I was re- released from the organization that I co-owned. And it all kind of happened at the same time. And it was it was crazy, but it was meant to happen that way. And so when I went to Salt Lake, I went without a job and without knowing what I was, gonna, was going to do. I had no car. I had no um, insurance. I had, uh, no husband any longer and I had, um, no home and I slept on friends' couches, um, for a while. And then I, um, I found a place and things started falling into place and I was working for my friend's landscape gardening company and doing some freelance work in marketing and PR, which is my background. And then 
I found my friend sent me a link from ski racing.com. And she said, this job looks perfect for you. And I was on one of three cross country road trips that summer. And I, I was on a whim. I, I sent my CV to, to the guy who ended up being the guy who was in previously in my position. And I remember sitting at my, my family's dinner table and just thinking, well, might as well check this out. Sounds interesting. And I've always wanted to write for the circuit actually. Um, so I, I was a ski racer myself growing up and I love the sport and I'm passionate about it. And I saw an opportunity to, you know, create change, uh, in a positive way and, and bring some fresh new energy to the, the sport in a sport that's have heavily male dominated. Um, and I call it, have, I call it by the gray hairs because there are a lot of, um, older men who, you know, make all the decisions in the sport. So I got an email. Actually, I sent an email to five current and former athletes on the team. And I said, Hey, guys, I'm, I'm applying for this position. And one of them was Travis and one of them was Steven. And I said, if you could send him a note, um, the hiring manager, that would be awesome. And all five of the guys sent emails within the day and said that I would be perfect for the position. And I got a call the next day and, uh, yeah, it just, things kind of escalated and, and it, it really, it just fell into my lap. I mean, they had the the position on ski racing.com, I think for a week only. And they had already interviewed 13 people and whittled it down to, to two. And I kind of snuck, snuck in there at the last moment. So I feel like it was definitely meant to happen. And it's, uh, and also I think they got a pretty good deal too, because I have a lot of experiences in the past that lend themselves uh, well to this role. So I don't know. That's a story. That is an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> it's and crazy. I, I've seen pictures of you skiing, so I figured you had a race background. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in the Midwest ski racing. Now, I love that all five of the guys that you had contacted sent emails in because you do seem like you're pretty close with everyone on the team. Yeah, I think so. I mean... It was, I think that was the, the biggest challenge for me last year was coming in and, you know, the, the guy who was in my role before me, he was really good, but really different from me. And I definitely wanted to approach it with my, st my style and my own approach. And, and it's one where I think relationship building has, is, is business. And so for me, I, the, the dynamics are what you really have to kind of work through and figure out in the beginning. Sorry, I'm, I keep getting a call. No um, the dynamics are what you have to work through and figure out in the beginning of any role, but especially in a role like this where, you know, I'm working with nearly 60 athletes and some of them obviously more than others. And, you know, the top five or six athletes have agents and publicist teams, some of them. So it's not just working with the athletes directly in many cases. And it's a, it's a lot to kind of sort through. And it was hard for me in the beginning. I don't think anyone else probably realized it, but it was 
it was challenging for me, but it was an exciting challenge to take on. And I get along with a lot of all the athletes. Um, my relationship with some of them is different than with others. And, you know, Steven is, is one of my closest friends and he was my landlord or I, as I called him my land God. Um, but yeah, he was my landlord this summer and it's, it's just, they're such an amazing group of individuals and they are all individuals. <laughs> they're very, you know, they're very different. And I think that's a really cool thing about the, the American team is that everyone is pretty dynamic. So. Well, a couple of things really stood out about you to me, which is why I really wanted to have you on for an interview. And that is one, your enthusiasm two. <laughs> you give all the athletes on the team some coverage, which I love. You don't just focus on the top names. You really focus in and, and get some information on other people on the team. And I think that's so important. Yeah, I do too, George. And I'm glad you said that because it's been something that has been on my mind since I started. I think before I came, what I noticed was a strong focus on, as we call them, the superstars. And in my mind, like when I have traveled through life, I've always, what I've realized is that everyone has a story. And there are stories that you would not have ever expected. And I, and I love that. Like, I think that's the magic in are each of our individual spirits. And, and I love telling those stories. And for me, that's what this is. It's storytelling in an authentic way. And it's not, it's not forced pitching, you know, like I'm not pitching, I'm not selling. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm authentically telling the stories of the people that I work with. And I do. I, I said my big push this summer, I worked actually was meant to only work part time and seasonally. And this summer I was extended an offer to work full time. And that was a struggle for me to like figure out if it's something that I wanted to do or not, because I had always said I wasn't going to go back to the office life. I used to work marketing agency world and I, I kind of didn't want to be too close to the heart of the organization, though it was great in the end and it was a great opportunity and I learned a ton. Um, but my big push was like, let's look at athletes outside of the top five or six. I think that those guys at the top, they're, they have amazing stories to tell, but we tell their stories innately through their results. And so we came up with this whole, we had gotten a mascot called champ and and we had a hashtag called what makes a champ. And I said, like, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. And actually use this, what makes a champ to, to tell the story of, uh, of our athletes, because everyone is a champion at some point in their lives or in their ski career. And what is, you know, what is that first moment that they actually felt like a champion? And let's try to. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Connect them as, you know, because they're athletes as superheroes. And there's this big, big, I think, um, barrier between them and kids at the club level. And if we're trying to engage more kids at the club level and so that this sport will continue to thrive, then we have to make a connection between them. And the, the thing is, is that all of these athletes were where those kids were at one point in their career. And I, I really wanted to tell that story. And the whole idea came about because I was talking to one of the athletes' moms and she was just, she it was like a light bulb and she totally had a great point. And, you know, these younger athletes and these mid-level athletes they don't have headgear sponsors and they don't get mentions in ESPN and NBC. And so for us to use our platform as a means to tell their story, to try to help them and set them up for success in that way, that that's, was a huge goal. And it still is a huge goal for me. How do you select someone to write about? Because again, your enthusiasm in those press releases is, is so strong and I mean they're so fun to read you really bring the energy out from the weekend but you also always feature different people throughout how do you decide to do that yeah I mean sometimes it, it's it it's pretty organic because sometimes it's re results based and I'm I'm waiting to tell the story of an athlete who like Bryce Bennett he's a awesome example. I wrote a What Makes a Champion piece on Bryce and I was really blown away by how he approached his answers to the questions because it was so unconventional. And, you know, he said, I'm not a champion. He said, I think a champion is an individual who masters their craft. And I, I just really, he's one of my favorite athletes on the team. And I say that I think I say that about a lot of them, but it's so true. And and then, you know, we're at Val Gardena and Bryce is coming down bib 57 and he, he comes across the finish line and he, he's sixth. And we're like, he looks up at us and he, he's like, is this real? Did this really happen? And his look of awe was just like, hair raising like I have goosebumps right now talking about it because it was so authentic and so cool and I like I always talk about Bryce but then I was like this is a, a great example to walk over to the, our USA Today contact Brian Pinelli and like and give him the chance to talk about Bryce too you know and tell his story and so sometimes it happens organically with with dinners that you know I'm sitting across from Razie Stiegler at Flockhow last year when she had just blown out her knee. And she said to me, Megan, I just want, like, she said to me with like this, like passion in her voice and, you know, just extreme sadness too, that she had just, the realization that she had just blown out her knee, you know, for, a, she's had so many injuries and then she, she just wanted to compete at world championships. And that was her dream to compete at world championships on home soil. And 
so through conversations like that, that kind of just happen organically, I, I glean information, but not in a way that, you know, where I'm just looking for things. It just happens. And, and I love sharing it and I don't share everything. And I think, you know, it's, it's really interesting to he- to think about this year versus last year because there were all- there were many times where I'd go into a conversation last year and someone would say, uh-oh, are you recording this? Like as a joke, you know, because my job is really, it's based on trust. There are a lot of things that I know that I don't share. And um, this year I haven't heard it at all. Like no one's made that joke because they know that I'm not going to share it if it's something that they don't want to be shared. Gosh, and that trust is such a big part of our jobs because that is tough to build with someone who's treated as a superhero. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I think it's interesting because you talk to a friend in one way and then you typically talk to, you know, the media in one way. And I think one of the biggest pieces that I wanted to distinguish, I wanted like uh, I wanted to let them know that there was a difference between the media and me and like my job I see as setting them up for success, helping them to share their stories authentically and also being the one that needs to say no. And it's not easy uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, they, people want so much from these guys and it's it I now know all the journalists and and I know I know where these guys should generally um should spend their time and should and shouldn't and and it's just about feeling them out and 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 knowing that you know it's it's been a long week I'm not going to approach him with this request you know and and just knowing that um I'm there to help and not hinder now, I doubt you have a typical day, but could you kind of walk us through a day in the life of Megan out on the World Cup tour? Yeah, it's I'll I, I'll walk you through actually this year on the circuit I've spent a lot more time on the on the mountain than I did last year, even though I probably spent more I spend more time on the mountain than most press officers do, and I spend less time in the media centers. Uh, my big my big, uh, the big difference about me is that if I thought that if I want to do this job, right, I will spend more time with the athlete and less time with the media, because if the media wants something, they'll let me know, they'll get in touch with me. And I don't want a missed opportunity to spend time with the athletes and build that relationship. And so last year I would go out on the mountain a lot for speed days. And then for tech days, I wouldn't always go out for inspection. But um, this year, it's great because it's an off year. So it's a non-world championship and non-Olympic year. So I have a little bit more time, which has been really nice. So like a typical day is me waking up pretty early. And I write these World Cup notes on race day. And it's something that my predecessor did. And they kept everyone kept saying, you don't need to write these notes. You don't need to do these World Cup notes. And I said, I was like, you better believe I'm going to do these World Cup notes and they're going to be awesome. So last year with the very first race, I started doing it. But the thing is, is that I procrastinate. So I wait until the morning of so that I can get the feel from the week and like the feel of the day. And, and it's just all off the cuff writing. Like I write a preview with 
um, notes on the starters, uh, broadcast times, and little tidbits about each athlete that's starting for the U.S., as well as who's in the hunt for the race of the day. So I, I feature foreign um, athletes as well. And um, so that's about at, you know, 5 a.m., um, 5.30 in the morning. And then I have breakfast, and then I go and inspect. Let's say if it's a downhill day. So we're with the men's speed team, and I go and inspect, and it's my favorite part of the day. I love it. Like I always tell everyone that uh, downhill day inspection is like a family reunion. And you could have just seen them yesterday on the hill, and it doesn't change it. For me, it's like I love seeing the guys uh, choose their line and strategize about what their line is going to be that day, talk to the coaches. And I go down from one um, coach's uh, spot to the next, coach's position to the next, and I just greet everyone and ask them about the conditions and the course and their feelings about how it's going. And I, I stay out of the guy's way typically. They, they, I know how they all kind of work now when they inspect the course. Um, and then I meet up with my media friends along the way and it's just awesome. And then I go to the finish where I will have already carried the finish bag, which is way too heavy and something I shouldn't be doing probably. And everyone always asks me, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I got this. So I go to the finish and then I get set up and I, I call times during the race too. So I'm calling every split for, um, every athlete until the coaches tell me they don't want to hear it. And, um, I get, you know, get the guys, we kick off. Uh, I get the guys water when they come down. I have their finish bags set up. I talk to the media to see who wants to talk to whom based on their results or the story of the week. And, and we just kind of go with the flow from there. And it all depends on how the guys are when they come down and how they've skied. And it's all, yeah, it's all dependent on that. And so it's really, you have to be really dynamic, I think. And then I'm also in the meantime, if there's a, a women's race going on, I'm watching live timing on my phone and, and sending quotes uh, via email in the finish area and trying to be two places at once. And if we podium, it's a great day and it's a really busy day. And I'm going with the guys from the podium ceremony after the finish to doping to um, the victory press conference and then um, you know onward and upward from there so that's no day is typical but that's kind of what a race day scenario looks like I love that you said if they podium it's a busy day that already sounds incredibly <laughs> busy <laughs> yeah if they you know like the day uh, let's say it's a uh, uh, Beaver Creek Super G day at Birds of Prey this year that day was such a busy and awesome day because we had five in the top 30 at Birds of Prey. Meanwhile, Lindsay won at Lake Louise. And I love those days. Like I, I get back and I'm totally disheveled and don't really know what happened. But it's just the energy and the fast-paced environment is so good on those days. Now, I'm also pretty blown away that you actually go through inspection and as a ski racer, I'm sure you're looking at that course thinking, this is the line I'd be taking. So that really brings you a perspective to talking to the racers and finding out their lines and how they differ from yours. Yeah, actually, I never skied 
super G or downhill. Being from the Midwest, I was a tech specialist. And so it's really, but super G and downhill have always been my favorite events to watch and follow. And so it is interesting, actually, like even just going over the terrain and and seeing where these guys might find their tuck or where they might not find their tuck. And I think it also surprises some of them because there are still people even from other teams and, and such that don't know that uh, that I used to race. And then they'll see me ski by and they're like, oh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she knows what she's doing, you know. But it also the reason for it for, for me is it helps me talk to them to the media as well. So they'll have questions about a certain section of the course and it just helps me to be more knowledgeable when I have those conversations with them. I've held you quite a while. Last question for us. What will make the 15-16 World Cup season a success for you? Um I I don't I mean, from my perspective, if if I can keep, um, if I can continue to tell these stories and 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 get some some of the younger guys some features that they potentially wouldn't have, that's to me that's exciting. Like we have been working with one of our production companies, Jalbert. Uh, they do an In Search of Speed series, and I have been encouraging them with story different storylines and they've been really receptive to it and that's been that's been great. So I yeah, I had this big lofty idea to do this behind the scenes kind of real world cup, so like a reality TV show and it was a big goal for this year and I think it's going to be something that happens next year and and if it's something that I can kind of, you know, get pushed through based on some some stuff that we've done, then that'll be great. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to be there to help and support these guys as much as possible. And, and I guess honestly, to answer your question even more like directly for me, if I can go in and make these guys smile when they wouldn't necessarily have smiled, then that's, that's success to me because I'm the only one who doesn't really travel with each of their teams all season long. And I want to just try to bring in a different environment. Like that's my goal to try to bring in like a little bit of fresh, um, different kind of spirit and make them smile and maybe forget about ski racing for a moment if they're nervous, you know, and that's what I hope to do. Megan Harrod, Alpine press officer for the U S ski team. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. That was fun, George. Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 